Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Well, good morning. Sounded like Vincent Price there for a second. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> well, good morning. That good dude's, morning. That dude's a legend. Yeah. I like Vincent Price. <laughs> every, every time I think of him, I think of he was in an episode of The Brady Bunch. Really? Maybe a two maybe there maybe it was a two part episode. They went to like Hawaii or something and hmm. found hmm. this little tiki thing that brought him bad luck. I don't know why I remember okay, that. Okay, that makes sense. Because yeah. it's it's always gotta be connected to horror. Right. Or something dark, as far as Vincent. Yeah. He doesn't do anything else. Yeah, so when you said Vincent Price, that's where my mind went. He's the man, dude. Thriller. Yeah. His voice is so good. Yeah. yeah. Is he still alive? I, there, I doubt it. I, I don't think so. Yeah. That would so. be surprising. I'm going to Google would it be just because I'm, I'm curious. He was yeah, pr- pretty old during like the Thriller yeah. era. I thought he was going to die when I was born. Yeah, so. right. I would go with no. Like <laughs> Final answer. Here. <laughs> we we could find this out later too. No, we we hold we should, tight, everybody. Uh, we do yeah, need to I find this know. out. Chad is finding out. We right need to now. find this out. Inquiring minds. Want yeah. To know. Um. Our, looks, I remember. I remember. Yeah, my, yeah. He, he's been gone for a while. Yeah. Uh, 1993. I remember my parents taking me when I was young. They like re-released like. <clears throat> you guys remember like House of Wax? Like that was one of the movies he was in. Oh no! Was how it's it's kind of it's horror. I thought you meant like a like a place you'd go and see people wax figures. No. Yes. Oh. But it's a horror movie. Okay. No. no. Anyway. Yeah. So they took me to they they like it was older than that. It was like from the fifties or the sixties, but they had re released it like in the theaters for like a, a like a couple nights with three D glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going as a kid, like super young. It might have been like late seventies, like seventy nine or something. <laughs> huh. And uh it just freaked me out, man. Um but yeah, Vincent Price dude. Huh. Somebody just, just posed asked the question on Twitter this morning, like what was the first movie that just fully scared the poop out of you? I don't remember how they worded it, but um and for me, it was, uh, you just mentioned House of Wax, but Phantasm. You guys remember that? Oh, yeah. I, I don't with know the, the ball, the metal yeah. ball that flew yeah. around them. I don't think I saw it, but I remember oh, man. that it was a thing. Dude, I shouldn't we're going to get in trouble. I was way too <laughs> young. Going down this. I was way too young when I saw that, and yeah. it, it scared me bad. I uh, probably still don't like horror movies to this day. Yeah. That might be why. I, I, am, uh, I am a fan of them. I think they're fun. Some of them go too far. Yeah. And I probably shouldn't even be admitting this because I'm a pastor. <laughs> they are. But I enjoy the scary horror <laughs> elements and imagery and stuff as long as it's not doesn't go too far. Stress me out. But my yeah. first one was my dad had like a Super 8 and uh, like all his Navy films and stuff. And then he had a couple of actual movies. And one of them was like the first Frankenstein movie that was ever made. Like I'm not talking about um, Karloff. Like I'm talking about pre that. Like this was from like the teens or the 20s. It was silent. Hmm. And uh, – he would put that on on the Super 8 night. Like once a year, he'd pull out a Super 8 and put up a screen in the living room. We'd all sit around and watch. Well, anyway, that one uh, scared me, and it didn't even have sound. wasn't even in color. Um, like just some of the imagery was just huh. crazy. Interesting. Crazy. Never seen it? Yeah, I've yeah. never liked horror movies at all. No. It's well, not, not, not my thing. Yeah. I watched a bunch when I was a kid, but yeah, maybe that's what did it. I, ju- I just no desire. I love not a genre I enjoy. Yeah, I love the universal like uh, the the classic, you know, Universal monsters. You know, 
Frank Stein, Mommy, well, man, like they're just that's fantastic. I can do suspense, good stuff. like good suspense, where, yeah, or you thrillers, know, um, you know, yeah, that's that. I'm down with that, but <clears throat> but like but, horror. Nah. No. So uh, <laughs> sissies and non sissy, yeah, I guess. <laughs> We'll go with that. <laughs> or good Christians and that's, bad. What, that's, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. Righteous and yeah. I don't watch <laughs> hack and slashes. So we're, we're all in various phases of sanctification here. So yeah, <laughs> some of us are farther along. Apparently, <laughs> much farther. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to go start out. Some with of that. us wear Crocs. Some of us watch horror. Yeah. So and, and some of us neither Crocs nor horror. <sighs> Just for the record, yeah, we gotta we gotta find something with Chad that we can just really roast him on. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> yeah, good luck. We'll get back to you on that. Anywho, what are we doing today, David? <laughs> We're day. doing some stuff. You know, what makes dado dado? Yes, uh, that was for Jordan. Yes, it was. Who's probably, probably not even listening to this? Probably isn't <laughs> no. going to watch it. I go to dado <laughs> dado. We thought we would do something a little more lighthearted and informational. I mean, we are seeing, we are seeing a few more people return to church, and we're even seeing a lot of new faces come in. And so, I thought, you know what, this would be kind of informational, just to do what makes the door the door, just to kind of talk. We get to talk about us. We yeah. get to talk about how rad we are, <laughs> and how, how our church can beat we're, up we're someone rad. else's church. Yeah. How much better of a church we are than everyone else. So that was the last thing my wife said when I went out the door. She's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know what makes it? And she goes, make sure you don't sound like a jerk. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, dear. <laughs> so, I, I, did, I can't remember who said it, but I was reading somebody when he talked about like uh, not understanding why churches do marketing because basically that's what church marketing is, yep. is why our church is better than your church. That's, that's totally yeah. what it is. Yeah, my church can beat up your – my church right. is sexier than yours or more this or more that. And right. that's totally what the – the social media angle is, which we've always, we'll probably talk a little bit about that <laughs> in, in this today, but we've always had a challenge with that, playing that game yeah. a little bit. But Makes this, it feel a little dirty. This is yeah. more of a, like, what are our distinctives? What, what It know, really is. You know, what are our convictions? Um, like, kind of where did we come from? How did we come to be what we are? Yeah. Um, how we're evolving in that even? Uh, like, all that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of, it's it's helpful because a lot of people will attend a church without really knowing a whole lot about it right. for a long time. And this, this in a way is right. kind of tips our hand and lets you know what we're about, what we're not about. Um, that's kind of what we used to do at the newcomers lunches when we would have those yes. regularly. And, and we, we haven't, we need to get back to those because it's, it's this kind of thing where you can let people know up front yes. what you're about. Right? Well, many people have assumed we're Calvary Chapel before. They just assumed we're Calvary Chapel. Right. And uh, it's like, no. Well, I think everybody assumes, uh, you know, when they come, you you tend to project kind of what your what your beliefs are and and, sure. and assume that everybody's on the same page. Right. Right. Uh, it's been surprising a couple times during the newcomers' lunches. We've uh, they've asked a question and said, are you, "You guys are this, right?" And we're like, "No, we're not that." And they've been there for six months and right. and then leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, we get mislabeled quite a bit. Like our like our our looks like yeah. throw people off. Like don't match up with what they think our theology would be. Right. Yeah, um, it's kind of a weird. Yeah, it's a weird deal. Let's start there. If you All were right. to define the door, if someone walked up to you and they were like, "What's your, what's your church like?" How would you guys? Define? I would say better, better than yours. I, I would say yeah, better than any church you've yeah. ever been to. <laughs> awesome! Yeah, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, 
or in, in my best David voice, I might say rad. If they walked up and said, "What's your worship like?" No, I'm just kidding. We shouldn't even go there. This is this is that was an old I, I would say that was better, an old inside far better joke. than it used to be. Okay, that? <laughs> that, <laughs> that is that, was, yeah, that is what a lot of people want to know when they ask about your church. But no, yeah. that's I, I, that's been the question a lot of times I've heard. What, yeah. What's your worship like? When they find out that I'm so, my answer to yeah. that would be the same answer. It's uh, not cr- what's your theology like. Christ centered. Yes, Christ centered is what I would. Uh, that's the first thing that I thought of when I wanted to think about well, like what describes the right. door or what describes our worship. Hopefully, it's Christ centered. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Jesus is the star of the show. We want to make much of him and make sure that he's you know who he is and what is you know the work he's done is on full display for sure every yeah. week. So for sure, Amen first and foremost, I would say that. Yeah. That's what I've. That's yeah. what I've always automatically said. I don't know when I. I think early on I started saying it, but it just automatically came out when people would ask: "Is we're Bible believing, Jesus proclaiming?" Yeah. And I, I know that it's like that should be obvious, but it's not anymore. Right. And I think that those two things says a lot. <laughs> like we actually still we're so primitive that we believe our Bibles still. <laughs> like that's the yeah. ultimate. Like we're Bible believing. A, a lot of churches would say that. Agreed. And I don't, I don't want to bag on any other churches no, you're right. at, at all, but I think a lot of churches would say that. Yeah. Um, uh, but in practice, it isn't always right. that. For sure. Right? Yeah. Other things tend to kind of take the forefront. Sure. For sure. I got more. I do too. Okay. Chad hasn't even said one. He oh. got out of it. Chad, no, have you said I, one? I agree with you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you fellows. <laughs> Um, no, I, you know, the, you know, how, how, it's hard. I find it hard to describe the door. I was thinking about it, that it, yeah. last night. Yeah. I couldn't come up you with know, one thing. There was multiple things. Yeah. Because it's and too hard to describe. So it's hard to describe. And I think that, you know, people might ask that question seeking a particular kind of answer. And yeah. we might offer a different answer than what people are looking for. Sure. In that. So that's the other kind of difficult part. Sure. Um, you know, people ask that question, they might want to know, like, you know, what's, like, what's your demographics? You know, is it right. you know, an older church? Is it families? You know, is there lots of kids? And, and, you know, we probably wouldn't necessarily lead with those things when somebody right. asks that kind of a question. So, yeah. Yeah. But having said that, we are kind of multi-generational, yeah. multi, uh, I, kind of a junk drawer. You have, you have all kinds of different denominations. Careful. Yeah. Um, what'd you say? I said, careful. Why? Junk drawer? Yeah. Last time <laughs> I said it, you, you acted like I was like. Oh, bagging people up people? down, bro. Well, no, not, I mean, well, junk drawer, mate. A little know, bit of everything. I know what you mean. A little bit of everything across the board everything. from, from uh, you know, we, we're a church that kind of designed for underdogs. We want to make sure that the, you know, the marginalized, the people that may not be welcome in other churches are welcome here. So we have some of that going on. Mm-hmm. We have older people, which kind of surprised us that older folks showed up. Yeah. Um, but that's been true. Um, you know, it's just been an odd mix, a yeah. good good odd yeah. mix, but but not really, uh, you can't really pinpoint like the type of For person sure. that goes there, which yeah. I like. I think For that's sure. actually a good thing. Yeah, but absolutely. One of the things I put was, um, like, we're, we're a pretty stripped-down church. Low church? Uh, well, that's coming. <laughs> uh, just <laughs> give it time. Okay. We've got to build up to that one. But, like, we're, we're not flashy. We're not sexy. Sure. We're extremely accessible, though. We're approachable, and we're honest. Yeah. So, like, I, I find myself always that. telling people, like, what you see is what you get. Like even like that dude last Sunday, there was a visitor named named Tim yeah. down on the pine, and uh, we were just talking at the end, shaking hands. I gave him a card, um, told him I'd love to get together with him because he was asking some questions about the church, and I basically just at one point turned and just said like, "Yeah, what you what you see is what you get," meaning that like it's 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 all right in front of you, like it's just that simple. It's that stripped down. It's that honest. It's that you know. There is nothing else other than what well, you remember. Who said yeah. it? I heard it's been years now, but church without makeup. Yeah, um, yeah. I always liked that phrase. I think it was that you. 
Okay. I don't know where it came from. It sounded like <laughs> a David comment, but I thought it might be somebody outside of us. So just being careful. Yeah. But I think that's a good description. Um, you know, not polished, not trying to be, you know, something we're not, yeah. just church without making. <clears throat> yeah. We're kind of an intentionally, you know, unprofessional. Yeah. Um, Unpolished. It, yeah. Which, and, it, and it's on purpose. Which some people like this aspect that we're talking about, and some people don't. Correct. Right. Some people actually, some Christians do not want that place of worship to be that honest and that, and that you know yeah you, I, they, they want a buffer they want they i used want to some think safety. it would be something that would appeal to everybody yeah because I i've never been too. in a church before that um was was that this kind of raw yes. and honest and, yeah uh I, I hate to use the word real but that's a good word I yeah think. it is um yeah. but there have been people that have come and they realize like oh you can't hide here you can't right. these guys aren't playing yeah. uh, i think schaefer one time called it full contact christianity yeah, close contact yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or full contact yeah. yeah and and it is so you can't you can't just come in and yeah. hide out yeah. real easily <clears throat> i just assumed because i was looking for that like yeah. something real right. i was sick of like the superficial mm-hmm. um relationships and the superficial interactions when you went to a church service, I was so sick of it that I, I wanted to determine when we were planting this church, like this ain't going to look like that. And I just assumed everybody else wanted the same thing, but yeah. they don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. And I think there's a, a really cool relational aspect to the door. And again, I think all churches would probably say that. Yeah. Um, but I think generally, you know, our church is pretty, pretty welcoming. Um, it, it's the kind of, we've already talked about this, but like people from all walks of life, I think, would feel comfortable sure. you know, coming coming in and, and being in our midst and, and whatnot, and, and people are pretty welcoming uh, to that, maybe more so than, than other churches might be. A lot of times, I think churches tend to be kind of affinity groups for sure. that you know attract people that kind of run in the same circles and, and maybe are kind of in the same position in life and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, That's and, the last one I put here is yeah. there's lots of love here. Yeah. Um, and we hear that all the time when people come to visit from other churches. It's like, gosh, the love in this place is insane. And yeah. we, for us, it's kind of like, really? Like, cause to us it's normal. Right. But right. I think it goes to what you're saying. Just even, even the way that people are welcomed and accepted in, and it doesn't feel like, uh, like overly clickish or, um, like anybody can walk in and feel like they belong here. Yeah. Right. Because there's a, there's just a good common love. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What else? I also put that we're uh, missionally minded, so we're outward. We're an outward church. Yeah, put that so there. so we're not. Um, you know, we haven't forgotten that we yeah. that we live on Earth with a bunch of sinners that need to be saved. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's like it's like a, it's not buried somewhere in something that the church optionally does. It's kind of at the forefront of everything we do. That's seen in the ministries that we're involved in and the outreaches that come out of the buildings, um, both locations. Like it's, it's clear that we're, sure. we're an outward church rather than an inward church. Yeah. And, and so. that causes things at times to be kind of messy. Yeah, for sure. But, but again, even that's kind of intentional on our part to yep. you know, embrace the mess yeah. uh, and the things that come along with being an outward focused church. Yeah, no doubt. Brent, you want to add anything to that? Chad, you uh, want to add anything to that? I, I'm going to move on that, if you don't. I wrote down that we're theologically conservative and methodologically open, because um, I think that's open. Yeah, so the, the you know the way we do church and kind of the maybe think outside of the box a little bit. Uh, but with when it comes to our theology, I think we're pretty locked down, <coughs> mm-hmm. um, traditional, you know, mm-hmm. w- what you would expect to find in a Bible-believing church. Sure. Uh, high view of the Bible, high view of doctrine, yeah, high right. view of God, low view of man. I think this is what actually confuses people. Yeah, I agree. When they try to <laughs> assume what the door is, is, is this conundrum is they look at us and they go, Oh, these guys are, these guys are pretty loose. 
they're pretty, they're pretty free on how they do things and what they do and yeah. um, all that stuff. And then they start hearing our teaching in the way that we regard the Bible and the way that we talk about God and the things of God. And they go, oh, goodness, that's not at all what I right. expected. So those yeah. two things look kind of, you know, funny. So yeah. yeah, I have some pastor buddies. One, this was a few years ago, but uh, was telling them about just our sharing time during the service. And mm-hmm. their minds were like, you actually hand out a mic and just let people talk. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were blown away like they would never do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, in their, you know, and they were more of a, you know, not totally high church folks, but kind of you know, like they had a liturgy to their services. And I was kind of the odd man in the group and saying like, we do this and kind of have this open mic time. And yep. anyway, yep. they were blown away. So, so if, if you took us and you tried to stick us into a denominational category that people are familiar with, <laughs> where would we fit? That's a good question, David. <laughs> That's part of why it's hard to describe the door. Non-denom. Okay. <laughs> do, do we get our own category? Non-denom, bro. Non-denom, yeah, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which basically means you're Baptist. I think so. <laughs> According to some. According to some, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't fit real well, do we? Well, no. Protestant is a safe bet. Uh, well, that's a, that's, yeah, that's that's a pretty bigger, broad stroke. Sure, broader, but, yeah. but I'm saying that's category. fair. We're, we're under the Protestant umbrella. We are Protestants, yeah, yes, yes. For sure. <laughs> we would be I considered. think Reformed is a, is a word that, again, though, that word comes with a lot of baggage, and it means right. different things to different people. But, right. But that's a fair, a fair label. We would embrace that Yeah, word. some might say, like, Reformed Baptist. Right. Uh, although we, I, I don't even like the word Baptist anymore. Because it again has so much baggage, and it means so many different things to different people that it's right. uh, it can be problematic to right. put that in your title. Right, uh, reformed charismatic. I think we've been called that before, mm. but again, you know, when you use that word charismatic, it mean it can be a little crazier than where we're actually at. Yep. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's a hard one. It is a hard one. I put one part Baptist, one part Reformed, one part non non denom, which is low church. One part Plymouth <laughs> Brethren, which I didn't know this. Well, I didn't, dude. Hang co- on, co-equal leadership. <clears throat> I didn't know a lot about them. Yeah. Um, it's the co- it it's the co-equal leadership, which is a big thing. Like this is a it big. Is. This is kind of a big distinction. If we were to have any big distinctions, we didn't do it obviously to be distinctive. Right. We thought it was biblical, but I, I didn't know that that was one of theirs. And so I would, I would. I, yeah. So we didn't steal it from them or go, oh, they're doing it, and that that's great. But it turns out that they do it too. So. So one part low church, one part high church, five parts <laughs> rebel church. This is a lot um, of parts going on here. Th- well, you know, how do you – it's it's because we don't fit anywhere. Right. So I'm just trying to, like, break down the recipe, like what went into baking the cake. Right. And it's kind of a little of – Well, the Cal- of Calvary Chapel is also – there's some of that distinctive in there as far as, uh, you know, expositional So I first wrote and, Calvary and then crossed it out and put non-denomination. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Calvary. I, I mean, we're not yeah. – there's there's a lot that's not Calvary, but there's there's part of that that's in there too. And, sure. and I think that's why we appeal to – Kind of a broad really, swath. It's the non-denomination denomination, right? Right. They say they're non-denominational, but really, it's yeah, it's a denomination. <laughs> so we, so all of us coming together are kind of what what gives and continues to give the flavor of what this is. You know, um, we're we're leading it, and so we're making kind of decisions of of um, doing this or not doing this, and and there's reasons why we do this or don't do this as far as how we do church. And so I kind of like would like to slightly go into where some of that might have come from because all that DNA started somewhere, you know. And I, and I know the Bible's the easy answer, but a lot of it goes down to our church, our personal church history, right? Right. So like I know you were, uh, we just talked about this not too long ago on the podcast. Uh, you grew up very like Pentecostal, Pentecostal basically. Yeah. 
So, but post Pentecostal, so that was like your parents took you through that. Right. What was your church history after that? <clears throat> so, when I was in a high school, well, I, I always had a connection to the Baptist church in town as well. My grandparents which was pretty were, conservative. Were part of the first, yeah, I was a conservative yeah. Baptist church that my grandparents were part of, uh, and so just growing up, I kind of had that connection as well. So in high school, you know, that was my youth group. And that was where I kind of started to see that there's a difference between, you know, what I'm hearing at this youth group and what I'm hearing at my church. Right. And so as I kind of got into young adulthood, you know, I really started to wrestle with kind of, kind of owning my theology, really, not just kind of taking what was taught, but, but owning it. Yeah. Uh, and so I started to move away uh, from that. <clears throat> and so then, um, you know, kind of later in, uh, like, I'd say mid-20s, you know, jumped into Calvary Chapel. Okay. Um, you know, that was super appealing. So Pentecostal, kind of to conservative between to Pentecostal and Baptist, you know, was, was Calvary Chapel. Yep. And really it was during my years there. So I was a youth pastor and it was really during my years there that, that I, I became reformed, but like, you can't say that in those circles, right. you know, it's <laughs> kind of like, okay, I so got like, you became reformed at a non-reformed under, under, right. church. Yes. Yeah. In Calvary Chapel, like they, what's written is they say we're neither, you know, this right. nor that. Um, but what's not written is that we're definitely not reformed. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not Calvinist or Arminian, but we're definitely we're not this not or that, Calvinist, but we definitely right? hate yeah. This. <laughs> yeah. And and so I, I became re- and, and I wasn't like trying to figure out, you know, reformed or not reformed. It's just, you know, God just did a thing, you know, over years in my life where one day I realized like, oh, like I'm reformed. Yep. <laughs> and I've been reformed for a while and like it like I can admit it now. Yep. Um yeah. Yep, so yep. short story. So you've been you've you've kinda run the gamut yeah. from, you know, ki- kinda I wouldn't say liberal necessarily, <laughs> but in a way, kinda liberal yeah. upbringing to conservative yeah. to back to the center like think everything in between right so, okay brent catholic when you were done being catholic <laughs> i mean i was raised as a child in, in the roman catholic yes. church so i was an altar boy and that kind of thing but we stopped going when i was pretty young okay. i'd say probably 10 or so and then uh, became a christian at 19 um and if you're a catholic i don't mean that i mean i know there's catholics that are Christians, but I yes. broke away and became a, you know, born again Christian, I guess you would say at the age 19. Yes. Uh, started in a church that was non-denominational, basically Baptist in Coeur d'Alene, was there for, I don't know, over a decade. Then we moved here, um, started, we met you guys, you were our next door neighbors, right. you were at the Calvary Chapel. I was very leery of Calvary Chapel because right. I'd been told that they were charismatics and wacky and that, you know, uh, like senior pastor model or, or whatever, Moses model. Yeah. I didn't like that. Um, I didn't like the idea of afterglow. Yeah. Uh, whatever. So th- this particular one was elder led, and they didn't get crazy in the service. So we decided. Well, it was kind of well elder led. Kind of well really. again in in, in yes yeah, in. Uh, they it looked said, like they it. said they were. Yes. Yeah, it didn't work out that They way. had a group of elders. Yeah, so anyway, so we kind of <laughs> like okay, we're going to go to this this church, even though I was a little leery about it. But we were there for a few years. Then we went to another church in Bend called Sovereign Grace. That, yes, we did. That was uh, quite reformed, um, and then uh, CBC, which. Community Bible yep. Church in Sun River, which is again basically yep. non-denominational Baptist kind of a sitch, right? And then we started the door, so yes, that's it. Okay, so have any aspects of like your church history, like your church what, experience? Oh, what, what about you? Are you gonna? Uh, yeah. Well, I was gonna go into history? mine with this next question. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, I grew up in the Church of Christ, so um, I don't know how many of you people actually know um, no instruments no trinity so <laughs> baptismal regeneration it's more than that but yes the <laughs> distinctives are that um you cannot play instruments in service so you can you can rock out in your car all week long to the radio 
crank that. But when you when you come to worship God, it's voices only. Um, and then, uh, so acapella and then bab- baptismal regeneration, meaning that it's the actual act of going into the water um, and coming out where you become saved. And they're pretty strong on that. Like it's a pretty a strong deal. So those are kind of the two. There's other stuff, but those are kind of the two main ones. Um, and the fact that they're they're not they weren't gospel centered at all at the time anyway. Like it wasn't all about Christ. It was all about more of a just a heavy morality, right? You know, um, like kind of you know get your stuff together. Um, so anyway, can, Church of Christ. Can, can we take a viewer question real quick? Oh, of course. <clears throat> uh, Kathy asks, "What do you mean by reformed?" Ka- wait, Kathy. Kathy. Oh, is this yeah, Kathy? Haney? Kathy's tuned in. <clears throat> I was going to type a response, but I thought, oh, we should roundtable that and so, like, there, answer her question. Different people can, like, different people define it different ways, but there is actually a legitimate, like, agreed-upon definition. Um, and that is that would be, like, what, what uh, well, now it's considered more Presbyterian than Lutheran. But it's really what came out of the Reformation is where we kind of get the, the name Reformed is, like, Reformer, like Reformation, which is, you know, when we broke from the Catholic Church. And it really was about soteriology at the time. The Big fight word. was all about um, how, how one is saved. Yeah. That's really why Luther did what he did and caused the trouble that he did in the church, was he was trying to establish that the Bible teaches that we're saved by faith alone uh, due to the grace of God, um, you know, in Christ alone. And so, like, there, there was, like, it was definitely, like, a line in the sand about how one is saved versus works. And so some people just refer to that aspect of as Reformed theology, is that we look at a big God who has saved us. It's like a gift. It's nothing we've done. It's by faith, and it's all to his glory. Like, he's the one who's done that and accomplished it. So that's kind of the generic one, but it's, it's actually got more to it because a lot of these guys were considered covenantal and so there was there was deeper stuff underneath the so the soteriology gosh i'm ruining this no, um, good, good answer okay so <laughs> someone else go into the covenantal part well that's why we we like so infant baptism would be yep. you know, a lot of reformed churches would baptize infants we, we don't do that so that's right. where the reformed baptist thing would be more we believe right. in a believer's baptism uh, but the five solas the idea of you mentioned some of them but you know um, faith alone through grace mm-hmm. alone and christ alone yep uh, God's, word God's word alone, alone yeah. and there's another one. And there's one yeah. other. <laughs> yeah, look that up. Anyway, those are those came out of the Reformation. Yes, but part. But of I the, would argue they weren't fighting for that. The Reformation <laughs> wasn't over pedo baptism. It wasn't no, no. over pedo communion. No, and this is this is where some people can have a challenge with saying, "Oh, that has to be part of Reformed theology." No, but it but yeah. it sometimes. But it is. That's why it, that's yeah. why it's a, a term with baggage. Yep. Yeah. But but it really does come down to the the idea of the, of the sovereignty of God on all things. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially salvation, and so that's where. Um, you know, we would lean heavily upon uh, the sovereignty of yes. God over the, yes. you know, the free will of man, and yes. and that's probably, you know, that's part of what reform means for yeah. us. So, so hopefully, Kathy, that answers your question. But yeah. if it doesn't, hit us up, and we can talk more later. In yeah. a nutshell, to us, when we use it, we usually use it in the in in the sense that we believe that that God saves people. <laughs> people yeah. don't save people; God saves people. So it's a it's really just another way of saying this. We have a very big view of God and a very small view of man. That's kind yeah. of the way that, that we use it. So uh, anyway, I was Church of Christ. Then when we moved up here, I was OPC, Orthodox Presbyterian, um, which is really Reformed. <laughs> really Reformed, <laughs> on, on, yeah. on all layers. Um, and then uh, after being there for a few years, we ended up at Calvary Chapel. And then after being there, we helped um, kind of establish, along with you guys, uh, chur- uh, a church called Sovereign Grace. 
which was totally different. And then we ended up at uh, Community Bible Church. And then we, so I've, I've got a history of a few churches there that I've been through, and they were all quite different in ways. Yeah. So, so my question for you guys was, like, how, like your church history background, how has that played into what you bring to the door or what the door is? Well, it's kind of it's interesting because you take some of the, the things you love the most about yeah. the church that, you, you know, that you've been a part of and, and you incorporate that. And then the things that you maybe didn't think were very helpful or, or yeah. problematic and you try not to, you know, so you, you kind of come up with this idealized version of, right. of, of what you think church should be. Right. So when we started the door 12 years ago, we had some real strong convictions that we're only going to do this. We're never going to do yeah. that. You know, it's kind of like you say, you know, when you were a kid and you say, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. And, yeah. and then five years goes by and you realize, <laughs> oh, there's yeah. a reason people do that. And so, you know, you might start in a hard and fast way, but, yeah. but you adjust over time, which we've tried to remain teachable. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate because it's hard to, you know, it's easy to dig in and say, you know, we're never going to change. Yeah. Uh, but we've had to change some things over the years. And, well, and we continue yeah. to change. Yeah. And I think we'll we'll get to that as we move through this. That's but. one of the criticisms we hear people say yep. sometimes is the door isn't, you know, like it used to be. Well, no, Praise it's God. not. And it, neither are we yeah. and neither are, you know, and hopefully right. if you're being sanctified by Christ, neither are you. And For so sure. you know, change does happen and some of it's inevitable. And as you grow and get larger, you do change, you know. You there's um, And... and I mean, again, I kind of want to save this, but since we're on it, uh, we find that we're still changing as leaders, right. as pastors. Yeah. And if we're the ones that are kind of navigating the ship, you know, and kind of building that DNA and rearranging that DNA and putting in new DNA, it, it's actually, I used to take it as kind of a hit when people would be like, gosh, this is, di-. and now I realize like, that's kind of a compliment that we as, as pastors and leaders aren't, um, aren't, aren't so like prideful or arrogant or stubborn as to think that we can't continue to evolve in our right. faith, right? Yeah. And then and then actually, you know, have the have the you know, the congregation's gonna be impacted by those changes that are going on within us. It's it's actually kind of a cool thing. Yeah. I think know? we're always talking about how to be more biblical in our yeah. approach to church. I mean when we're, you know, not doing what we're doing right now, you know, our, these are our conversations about how can we be more biblical in this area and that area and always willing to learn and grow for and, sure and change where necessary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think um, not to get too far down this hole, but uh, communion is one example of this, where yeah. when we started the church, um, so we watched the way church had done it for so long, and it had become kind of just this rote thing that churches did. You'd get up, you'd read the verses, you'd do the, you know, and we thought, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to do something different right. to try to wake people up to what this is. And so we, we started doing it different. Well, now after 12 years, we're kind of in that same rut again of like, this isn't you know, we're not doing this like the way, the way it should be done. Sure. And, and how can we do this different? So we're rethinking all of this right, right yeah. now and trying to figure out what would really honor God and, and, you know, be communion the way he wants it done. Well, and again, even, even what's biblical, you know, and just Correct. checking ourselves right. there and going like, does this at all resemble, or, yeah. or could we do a better job resembling like what, what yeah. this was? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I kind of put like with church of Christ, I think the one thing I walked away with that, um, because it was kind of like you said when I, when I realized like it, oh I get to actually like plant a church and do what I want now now I get to correct everything yeah all, <laughs> all this dumb stuff um, I'm gonna make sure I'm just gonna do it all better was kind of my but but commitment was one of them I think that's one of the things that I took away from Church of Christ if anything was people there um, that were in that church were in that church like <laughs> they were there as often as they could be there they were regular they were fully committed to each other while they were there like it was it was kind of one of those there there was no like recreational. Um, like casual attendance, like like people were there. Right. I, I like the commitment aspect, and I think we've always kind of championed that here, especially where we are. It's hard. 
because in Sun River, um, you do get snowbirds and you, you get right. Yeah. You get recreators, you know? And so attendance is kind of rec it's pretty recreational. I think that's the hardest thing I have here. So we kind of, yeah. we kind of fight that and <clears throat> speak against that. We have yeah. the retirement Sometimes. crowd that, you know, because of the, their kind of situation in life, they're able to maybe travel for extended periods. Yeah. You know, not necessarily snowbirds, but you right. know, they could be gone for a month or for whatever. Sure. And it's for just sure. the nature of where we live. No, it's the dim, it's the demographics. Yeah. And so it's okay. And you don't want to be legalistic, but at the same right. time, I, I kind of have this big, um, I, like it's a strong conviction for me, this like commitment, you know? Yeah. So, and I think I got it there. The OPC uh, was unity and love is like the Orthodox Presbyterian church. I learned a lot about just love. You just felt the love. You were just fully embraced. Anybody who walked in there, um, people just um, smothered you with not, not in an annoying way in a, in a very, very compassionate way. Um, and that really affected me and my wife. So, and then that was my introduction, my initiation into reformed theology as well. Um, was I didn't accept it at that time, but that was my, my initiation into a big God. Um, and then Calvary Chapel, you saw the verse by verse. I wouldn't call it expositional like they like to call right. it because <laughs> it's more of a Agreed. running commentary and there's a difference, but I like the way that you didn't miss things in the Bible. Yeah. Like you just dealt with whatever came next. Um, yeah. And then also the come as you are thing was extremely appealing. Like, like we're not yeah. going to pretend to look like something we're not or be something we're not. Um, you just come in here like you are was like a huge appeal. And then sovereign grace. Uh, the big thing there was that it's not a spectator sport. Like if you, if you were a man and you were in that, like, so, so when we get our praise and prayer time, it really comes from there. Yeah. It was from our time at Sovereign Grace where we would sit around at the beginning of every worship service and people were just praying for each other and um, sharing their praises and their challenges. And it was a beautiful thing. It felt real. It felt like family, it felt like a family gathering. And so that was one of the things that we definitely kept, but also the fact that it was that, that worship service is not a spectator sport where a bunch of people come and sit and in rows of chairs like they're on an airplane and, and don't at all um, get to interact um, or intermingle with what's going on in that worship service. And um, so I, I really liked that. The men were even preaching, you know, being trained that way wasn't always a great idea. Uh, and we learned that in our early years here because we tried to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I really liked that and took that um, from there. So I can see like with these four churches that were very different. Like there's definite things that I looked at and went, this is really good. Like this is right. And then obviously there's, you know, we're not mentioning the things that we threw out. Yeah. <laughs> I got that list. Here's the things I hated about those churches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, so. so that's what I was going to say about, you know, because of my Pentecostal days, like today I definitely know what I'm not. Yeah, right. sure. Right. Like, you know, God has, you know, there's been a journey, you know, a theological journey. And so I have some strong convictions about what I am and about what I'm not because of, of how I grew up. For sure. Um, and I'm thankful for that. You know, thankful that God has brought me, you know, where he's brought me in, the, in that journey. Yes. Uh, and, and I would agree with everything you said about Calvary Chapel. You know, yeah. your high view of the word, um, you know, centering our lives in the word, that, that was important. Um, you know, the one Calvary Chapel I was a part of for a number of years was very uh, communal, lots of families, and we just spent time together. Um, you know, that's that was a value, I think, that was instilled. Uh, you know, in me, if I go back to my, you know, Baptist youth group days, it was, you know, just a high view of, of theology, which yeah. that might be an odd thing to, to pair with a youth group, but we, we had a, a youth pastor that just instilled. Yeah, but you were you know, a at a young age. You had I a was, beard at like four, so. I, yeah, yeah. I, you I were reformed <laughs> before you even knew it. Um, and, and so I'm thankful, you know, for that as well, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, the other thing, so one of the things I didn't like, the more, 
well, first let me say this. I, I became reformed in Calvary Chapel as well. Very so it's, it seems it seems to be a pattern. I think you might have too. Yeah, there was a lot of that in CBC and uh, sorry, Community Bible Church in Coeur d'Alene that I was yeah. at. Um, I was I was exposed to it then. Um, was wrestling with it, um, but didn't give into it fully until I was at yeah. Calvary Chapel here. So yeah, so I, I went to the actual Reformed Church. It was like the only Reformed Church in Bend, the OPC. When I was introduced to it, hated it, and then ended up coming mm. to an understanding of it at. Calvary Chapel, which was not reformed. So, and then right. they kind of showed us the door at one point because of it. They were kind of <laughs> like, okay, you can leave now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how much we love that theology. But what I was going to say is one of the things that, 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 um, as I, as I grew in, in the word of God and, um, the gospels, um, just, uh, my knowledge of the kingdom and, uh, what the scriptures say about the kingdom, I started realizing that, that, um, being missional, um, like sharing Christ with the world, um, the church, um, is like ev- everything. Like it's like not bottom, you know, of the of the pyramid. Yeah. It's top of the pyramid. And so, like um, when we came, I think we became very missionally minded, and we were um, looking to outsiders, underdogs, marginalized. We were really trying to put that into practice because every church I'd been in, I'd hear them talk about evangelism or talk about you know these things in scripture but not really carry any of it out at all like everything was very insular sure each of these churches were very insular um some more than others but we wanted to make sure the door wasn't which brings us to the next fun part of our conversation what are some of the weirdest stinking things you guys have ever seen at your time at the door And, and and the reason I kind of qualified it that way is because a lot of them have to do with the kind of people that we were going after and we were inviting and that, um, that were come walking through our doors and yeah. still, and still are, you know, in, in ways. Right. So <laughs> you guys have a much longer list than I do since you guys started. This no, thing I, f- I figured we'd have this <laughs> one up on you, but I yeah. figured you still had a few though. Oh, so. I got a few, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have a much, much bigger list. I think list. part, part <laughs> of this is, is, and this is just pure fun right now. It's yeah. Just, but part of this is because we, um, we've been at a very accessible kind of a church yes. where, where we don't take ourselves, uh, we take the word of God seriously. We take doctrine seriously. But we don't take ourselves seriously and we're approachable as pastors. Yeah. So people have a level of comfort <clears throat> yes. uh, when they come in and when they're around us that I've never seen in another church. Again, it's a very and, honest church. And, and that's, yes. a, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a strength yes. and a blessing, but it's also why we've seen some of the stuff we've seen and right. how people say some of the stuff they say to us. It's, yeah. it's kind of shocking because in most churches I've been in, you would never say or do things in front of a pastor that people do in front of, say, in front of <laughs> no. us. <laughs> and no. and, I, and I'm, I, you know, it's like, it's a mixed bag as far as that goes. Right. Yeah. But um, anyway, I would say a dog taking communion's got to be at the top. That of, was the top of the list. I have I have Pretty that close. one. <laughs> it was a pit bull, and the the owner was a a drunk. It was a single gal that was um, just reeked of alcohol. But yeah, this this pit bull was taken up to the table in the front, and uh, given the bread, and then given the cup, and it was it was just an interesting thing to watch so yeah that was that was a weird one for that was sure. definitely that definitely <laughs> is up there yeah just a lot of the stuff that's been shared uh, in the in the family time when we have right. a sharing time we open open the mic yeah. we don't screen it like you said which is um good probably, and bad. probably not always the best thing but, yeah 
But yeah, somebody one time giving praise that they passed their drug test when yeah. they shouldn't have. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanking God for that. Thanking yeah. God. Yeah. You know, uh, that was, that was a good yeah. one. Um, I remember even when we started, the way we started, our core group had a few non-believers in it. It was weird. We had, I had a couple non-believers in my neighborhood that lived down the road that found out they got wind that we were going to plant a church and they just got excited and said, mm-hmm. we have to be a part of this. So when we were having core group meetings and stuff, um, and I, I remember thinking to myself, like, is this, is this even legal? Like, is God like, okay with like having non-believers help start a church with you? It was kind of a weird thing. Um, and then even once we opened the doors immediately, it was, it was way more, I would say more non-believers. A lot of people thought they were Christians, but it was a lot of rough people that kind of filled the room and, yeah. and made up the core. You had to walk through a cloud of smoke to get into you the You had to walk through a cloud time. of smoke to get yeah. into the into the door. So it was more like walking into an AA meeting or an NA meeting rather than a church service. We would even have people sleep outside the door sometimes. You know, yeah. we'd show up to church on Sunday to, you know, open it up for church service and there'd be bedding there and, you know, people waiting to get in. I remember uh, t- two different occasions um, we're getting ready to start worship service. The building's packed. You know, everybody's in there, and cops, a couple cops were walking <laughs> the aisles because they're looking for someone that uh, that did something wrong and needed to take them in, you know, so and they knew they went to the door. And so I remember that happening on two different occasions where the cops were there to help start they the got worship the, They service. got their man once. A guy got yeah. up and just, yep. like, took yep. off, and they, <laughs> they, they took off, too. Like, exactly. Oh. That was one of my favorite memories is uh, we were – I think it was a Friday night. We got locked out of the bathroom somehow, and so we, we nobody could use the bathrooms, and so we had to make an announcement from the front. Hey, guys, we're, we're locked out of the bathrooms. Can Is there anybody here that can – that can pick a lock and about 12 guys stood up. It was great. I got this. And yeah. uh, we, we were in in no time. It was like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. so that was a blessing. Yeah. I'm thinking of just, you know, things that have been shared during, you know, open yeah. mic time that oh, I'm gosh. not going to repeat now, but just, you know, there's been some sketchy things, yes. uh, you know, that have been shared. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking about just even some sketchy <laughs> people at our ministry down yes. the line uh, that have come in that uh, just have no, no background in church whatsoever. And yeah. so they, they don't know kind of, you know, what's, kind of the expectation of how to act and like uh, that's a weird way to say it yeah but, no that's right um you know they're, they're obviously kind of outsiders but at the same time like they feel comfortable enough to be a part of what we're doing yeah but it's also uh you know at times very very disrupting for sure um and i think sometimes it rubs people the wrong way the disruption but but i think that's good i think sometimes you know comfortable christians need to be rubbed the wrong way by those kinds of distractions it's well true. and it's it's caused people to leave i mean yeah. we've, we've had people leave over that just so, you know have. we can't we can't right. deal with that yeah but, it's either right, us this is our kind of like, church yeah kinda. but but i i hope we never lose that right. that desire for you know the the, the marginalized people right. that you know don't belong in church don't know what they're doing you know the, whatever you would call it but yep. yeah. that they would continue to come and that we would continue to be rubbed the wrong way at times right. because I, I feel like if you look at you know who Jesus was and who he hung out with and what he did. Totally, yeah, it, it look at you people. Look yeah, a lot come, like that. come come trim your beard in the middle of service. Go ahead. Yeah, like, you know, that's still weird. Yeah, come on, now. play play with your butterfly knife. Play you with your remember. butterfly knife during service. Yeah, yeah, burp. I do burp too. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was an elf type. Yeah, burp. Like it was quite it was impressive. Yeah, we've had a couple interesting baptism <laughs> stuff too. Weird yeah. stuff. Uh, cussing during baptism. Some cussing in the in the water, which is interesting. Yeah. Before they go under, one so, guy uh, said he hated and Christians. And <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "I hate Christians." I he hate said Christians. That and look baptized. at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was interesting. And then there was a, then there was the really odd, the really weird one, where we baptized a, a oh. gal that was uh, really tiny and small and light. 
and me and Brent baptized her. And, and uh, when she, when we went to get her out of the water, she was not tiny and light. It felt like four people. And we kind of looked at each other like, what the heck? And um, yeah, it was one of those, it was kind of one of those supernatural moments. And then some other guy said he got a shot picture of her. And her, like the whole thing was just a, a weird supernatural thing that was like, dang. I would so. say that that's been one of the things that I've uh, had to adjust my theology on is that, uh, you know, the idea of, of demonic um, kind of things that I've never been comfortable with. Uh, we've yep. had to face a lot of that yes, here. Uh, some some really strange stuff that I would even, I'm way out of my comfort zone, but, um, yep. you know, that's been something I've never experienced in church before. And yeah. we've experienced more, than, <laughs> more of that yeah. than I'd like. Yeah, yeah. What are... What are some of the coolest things you've seen? What are some of the most awesome things you've seen while you've been at the door? I would say some some of the things that we're already talking about, as weird as they are, yeah, they're, also, sure. they're also awesome. They are. Um, yeah. You know, I I love the fact that, that Christians are pushed out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I think kind of just the church in America is way, way too comfortable right. um, than it needs to be. And so the fact that we can kind of reach out to the least of these and, and uh, have, you know, people that have, you know, walked with the Lord for a long time be uncomfortable by that, I, I like it. For sure, um, I do too. I don't know that everybody does, you know, like people, but, um, you know, we need to be pushed in that way to love the people that Christ loves and to love people that are different than us. For sure. And so as weird as some of these things are and, and as, as sketchy as they can be, I think at the same time, there are some of the coolest things about mm-hmm. our church. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think because of our accessibility and like our actually being for the underdog, not like just talking about it, but, but living like it, it's afforded us to see... Um, some miraculous things happen with people yeah. that you wouldn't think they would happen right. with. I remember early at the door, there was a, a dude that was a, um, our kids were, two of the older kids were living in a really bad apartment complex. And there was this guy that lived in that complex with him that had spent more time in prison than he had out his entire life. He was a skinhead, tatted up, huge, just scary, gnarly, and mean. And he was, um, being aggressive and, and tough with with the kids, um, and they I remember the kids coming to us and 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 telling us about this guy and some of the stories and how scared they were of this guy, and uh, asking us to pray. And I ended up running into this guy had never met him once in a thrift shop one day, and he goes, "Oh, aren't you so and so's dad?" And I was like, "Yeah," and he's and. It's like, do I know you? The dude was just kind of like trippy looking. He's like, he, he's like, yeah, I'm so-and-so. And he said his name. Well, it's Galen. I'm just going to say it. No one's, yeah. you know, he lives in Texas and Galen's actually doing rad. Anyway, his name, he's, he's like, I'm Galen. Like I'm, I'm the dude that, you know, has been, you know, terrorizing your kids at the apartment <laughs> building. He's like, don't, he's like, Hey, I need to talk to you. So we got together. He starts coming to church and, uh, going back to weird things. He, he used to actually like take his shirt off. This dude was like, you know prison body yeah he used to to take his shirt off at the end of a worship service and go up and just grab the guitar off the stage didn't even matter whose guitar it was and just start playing you know while everyone was still in there it was the weirdest thing in the world but anyway homie ends up coming and getting saved we baptized him um we we uh we did a a wedding it was the first wedding that we ever had there um it didn't it didn't last um but uh, he's still strong in the Lord. But this guy ended up becoming this guy that the whole church was kind of praying against or whatever you want to call it, you know, because he was terrorizing our kids, got saved and started coming and came to the inside of the circle and became one of us. It was like the weirdest thing. And it was so cool, but it's because we were accessible and open to right. like people who we should have been 
totally scared of. Right. You know. I remember thinking it was it was like getting the announcement that Saul of Tarsus is coming to church this Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want this guy to come to our church. He's going to do yeah. something. He's going to kill us. Yeah. I was scared. It was. Yeah. It was and, crazy. Uh, he came in and yeah. Yeah. Became a believer. So. Yeah. The, the what I was just gonna. I mean, the, the whole thing to me is just. Um, Amazing that the yeah. God that God uh, was pleased to use any of it for sure and, and make anything of it at all. The fact that it's almost twelve years now and that that, yep. that, that He's been pleased to use it, right? Any of yeah. it is still like sometimes you have to pinch yourself and think, how did this? You know, there's thank so, you, Lord. There's yeah. so many stories and things yeah. that seem like yeah, like like they were impossibilities. Like how how was it possible that this even happened? And yet God allowed us to experience those things and have front row seats to those things. And and again, they're not because we did it. And it's not yeah. because the door's so rad, but it's just because we we really believed that God want, wanted us to uh, to build bridges to people that right. um, maybe other churches would never build a bridge to. I don't yeah, know. that's been inspired. And He gave them to us. It's been he, in spite he gave of us. Those us people. Yeah. And I think that's been you know the the big take. All no of it's doubt. in spite of who we are and what, what we're all about. He's just been pleased to do that. So the answers to prayer, the yes. the salvation that we've yes. seen, the baptisms we've seen, yeah. even you know in the sharing time, as weird as that is, yeah. to to see people come out with a an impossible request, a need. You know, yeah. on, on a Sunday morning and have that need met that yep. same Sunday morning right. in front of the congregation has been amazing. That was another one. Like, there's too many stories, but the, the, the again, the love and the generosity that, yeah. that has always um, just been consistent in these rooms. People taking yeah. care of each other um, without even asking questions, like, immediately um, has been, like, kind of kind of insane to watch. Yeah. Like, so cool to watch. Um, again, these are things that a lot of times in the church you hear them talked about. We read about them in our scriptures from the pulpit, but you don't see a lot of the practical outworking of it. And I, and I think here we've just seen so much of that, the outworking of that love. Yeah, and that I think a lot of churches, um, you know, would look at, like, let's target this demographic or that demographic. Like, we want to go after families or yeah. we want to go after professionals or you know, what, whatever. Um, and I think our general disposition is more of like, God help us to love who you put in front of us, Yep. whoever that is. And, and it just so happens to be in a lot of cases, um, oh. you know, the marginalized or the underdogs, or, yeah. you know, kind of the, the demographics that maybe churches wouldn't typically target. For sure. No, yeah. I love that about us. No yeah. doubt, man. I do too. Uh, I didn't realize it was this late. So we might go slightly over. What are some of the, the hardest lessons you guys have learned at the door? I mean, for me, it's all centered around kind of people, the expectations yeah. that you have, and yeah. and um, just it's been it's been hard. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, there's as many blessings as there are things that have been discouraging, I guess. No but, sure. but it just comes back to that. You know, you you, you would hope for more, more faithfulness, more you know, uh, pe- people that say they're followers of Christ actually following Christ, and for sure. you know that that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's been harder than I thought. I put, um, like, I think one of the first hard lessons I learned was that I, I don't have a cape, and I'm not yeah, Jesus. Yeah, can't fix it all, right? Um, yeah. So I, th- I thought once I had a church and I was pastoring it, I was going to do everything for everybody. <laughs> Everyone was going to be taken care of. And um, as hard as I tried and as hard as I ran and got into people's lives and tried to fix them and help them and save them, I could not. And um, I exhausted myself, <laughs> almost exhausted myself right out of ministry because of it. Yeah. And I think that was the first like hard lesson that I learned was that I'm not a superhero. Um, Jesus is. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like kind of learning where my place is and what's reasonable in ministry um, is the only reason I'm still here. Yeah. And, and then the, the what you mentioned too, like um, that people ultimately are not ours, they're God's. Um, Cause I'll, I'll, there's that thing where you, you, you give your heart and you give everything yeah. over your expectations of, 
how long they're going to be there and how their sanctification is going to go. And, and it's just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, whether it's people that leave or whether it's people that fall into a grievous sin or, you know what I mean? Just heartbreak over and over again. It's so discouraging sometimes. And so that was, that's, that's another big one I've learned is like these, these people are on loan to us. Like they're not ours. They're, mm-hmm. they're God's. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I don't know for me that this is specific to the door just because of my short time here, but just, you know, in being a pastor over the years, like being a pastor is humbling. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think when I, you know, first agreed with God on, on the call to, to ministry that it was like, I'm, I'm going to be a rad pastor <laughs> and, and like, I'm going to own this, you know? Yep. Uh, and it didn't take too long to figure out that, okay, like I don't, I don't need to be awesome uh, because God is, and this doesn't depend on me. It depends, right. uh, you know, upon him. And, and that's a humbling thing. Um, and with humility, like it, it's difficult to like, we got, I have to be reminded of that often. I don't know about you guys, but I just have to remind myself often. Like, this isn't about me. It doesn't depend upon me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it depends upon God. Um, people can be disappointing, yeah. um, you know, for all the reasons that, that you guys mentioned, you know, we, we carry the weight as pastors of, of just the people that God has entrusted to us and right. we carry the weight of their burdens and we gladly do so. Um, but, but it's hard when things don't go, you know, certain directions at certain times. And, and we just yeah. like, we wish the best for people. Right. And when we see things not going in the best way, um, you know, that, that that's hard. Yep. Um, and so it's kind of just the grind uh, of ministry. Um, but at the same time, like it's, it's just such a joy when we see God do things in people's lives and we see God do things through our church um, to get to be a part of that. For sure. Um, yeah. And that's but, obviously But all not. of that's going on, you know, at the same time. For sure. And that's obviously not just a door thing. Like, right. that's just a, a pastor thing. Right. Like, no matter where you're at, like, right. those, those struggles are, you know, they're just hard, yeah. hard things. Yeah. And trusting God is hard. Like, you know, we stand up every week and tell people to trust God. Yeah. It, it's hard to trust God yeah. uh, at times. Yeah. Know? Especially when we, you know, we think we know how things ought to go. And honestly, sometimes I think I have some pretty good ideas that God ought to listen to, right? right. <laughs> and so it's hard to trust God sometimes. For sure. For sure. Um, we're not just the presidents, but we're also clients. <laughs> uh, how have you been most... points if anybody knows where that's from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess I just kind of dated myself. How, how, uh, how have you been most changed, challenged, matured as a Christian um, in the time that you've been at the door? So, so even <clears throat> being a pastor aside... Right, even taking that office or that title and putting it aside, just as a Christian who's been attending the door, how have you been most challenged and changed here? I know that uh, I've gone from being kind of more of a moralistic, uh, legalist <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of a, kind of a guy um, in my in my faith and my walk to yeah. to being more of a um, a grace. Um, I'll, I'll attest to that. A grace guy. Yeah, it, it's just been a, it's been really cool to see because this does, like you said, it's a humbling thing. Yeah. Um, you know, right right when we started the church, so some of our kids went off the deep end. That was, you know, ex- extremely humbling to go through. And, mm-hmm. you know, all this, this like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I've got the goods. Right. I, I've got the, you know, all that went out the window pretty early. Yep. And, I, and I became very desperate for for Christ. And so that's just been, it's just been great to see kind of a, a change in me, a change in my family, for a change sure. in my focus to more of a, a gospel centered and not so much, even though I, I always believed that we were saved by faith and, you know, that kind of thing. I, I definitely yeah. was a legalist and that's changed. For sure. So. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I agree. That's one of the first things I put was the gospel is king. That's one of the yeah. first things that I think I've learned and has really like hit home to me in the time that I've been at the door, obviously preaching and putting together sermons, but but also just attending here. 
is is that everything's about the gospel. Like the gospel is king. Mm-hmm. When I think yeah. when we started um, the door, I might have been kind of moving that way, but the gospel was always kind of more secondary or peripheral. <laughs> Yeah. To other things. And it's like, nope, gospel is king. Like, I know that now. And I know that everything else flows from that rather than, you know, these things over here flowing to the gospel. Everything flows from the gospel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, our, our Christ centeredness is definitely, um, definitely like the biggest things that has been solidified in my, in my life, which has grown me as a yeah. Christian in so many other ways. It's like had a, a total domino effect in so many areas of my sanctification and my own growth and maturity, just having the right thing. <clears throat> be first right so yeah i would agree with that and and maybe as a even a precursor like something that's helped me in that is uh, just in you know various contexts i've been in over the years as a pastor like i've never really considered other guys to be my pastor right um and you know coming here and being a part of the door with you guys like like i have two pastors Um, and, and, I, and a lot of it just was maybe my perspective, not that I actually didn't, but just my perspective sure. uh, of it. And so you guys have helped me to have that perspective that, that I have to, like, I'm not just a pastor that's constantly giving, but I have, I have pastors that pour into me, yeah. um, that help me in what you guys have just said about gospel centeredness and Christ centeredness. Yeah. And Makes all the difference. What a blessing yeah. That is. So yeah. that's the second thing I put is that <laughs> yeah. Christianity is not about me, right. but I primarily, primarily learned it here with our model that we have. That um, even pa- pastoring is not about me. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think I walked in, even though we formed it this way from the beginning with, you know, mm-hmm. um, plurality of co-equals, I think there was still this thing in me. You know, there was kind of this 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 uh, this arrogance and this confidence that um, that oh I I'm, I'm going to make some things happen here. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm ultimately going to be. And I think for the first few years, I probably I probably would have been considered kind of the main guy because of how I carried myself and sure. talked. You know, I was, it was about me and what I was doing, even though I had pastors next to me. Yeah, not anymore. I don't think that way at all anymore. <laughs> like, right. I know that it's not about me, whether I'm a pastor or just a Christian. Like, Christianity is not about me. Uh, the church is not about me. Um, yeah, and, and I've learned that here at the door. And a lot of it's obviously being in relationship, tight relationship with you guys, but even just watching our congregants and the way that they treat each other and stuff. Like it's, it's not about any one of us individually. Right. It's about the, you know, we're definitely a part of something bigger. Um, and I know, I know that now. Yeah. And, uh, it's a blessing to me to know that. Yeah. And I think here, and maybe you guys would agree with this. I think here at the door, it seems like the congregation pastors, the pastors more than any other congregation I've ever been a part of. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but um, you know, just feel super supported you know, yeah. by the congregation, super loved by the congregation, cared for. Um, yeah, just what a, what a neat thing that is. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just, it's been a special thing to be a part of. Um, yeah, it's just again, what a privilege to be able to do this. And and uh, you know, I know a lot of church, uh, churches have pastors that are burning out and and bailing, and and um, the fact that we're still wanting to do this and and still able to do this is just a grace of God. So yeah. I don't. It's a privilege. I, yeah, it is a privilege. And I guess I'll just I, I, I guess I'll just end real quick with a comment, kind of back to where we began, is that uh, I, I love that, um, if you don't know this about us, that we're a group of guys that are still students of the Word. Yep. We're, we still, if you haven't heard that today, like I want to make sure you hear it now, like we, we are teachable. 
and we want to remain to be teachable, um, to grow into a, you know, a further understanding and solidification of just faithfulness to the text and, and to what God has given us. Um, and so we're willing sometimes to say we've done something wrong or we're willing sometimes to try something different. Well, that's not how you used to do it. You're right. You know, like we're, we're exploring, we, yeah. we're changing, mm-hmm. God's showing us things. And I hope that you guys appreciate, um, appreciate that, that we really are open to maturing and changing rather than to think that it's a weakness because that's, that's where a lot of people have gone with it. Yeah. It's like, oh, this ain't what it used to be. I'm out. And it's like, well, well maybe that's the weakness. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> we're trying to hold on to the good old days when God is constantly pushing forward. And we want to be constantly pushing forward and growing into the fullness of everything that he's given us to grow into. So right. um, hopefully you guys can appreciate that. And, and that's what you're seeing. When you're seeing an evolution over a period of years or whatever at the door or in us, that's what it is. Is It's just us still learning and still being yep. teachable. Um, and hopefully... Like I said, that's that's something that you appreciate. So. Well, it is. It's a it's a huge value um, that you know you guys both think that way and and uh, challenge me to think that way because our culture's changing, our country's right. changing, right. the church is changing, um, and and we need to be you know thinking about how do we continue to be missional, how do we continue to reach people for Christ, not changing the gospel ever, but changing maybe the methods and right. and the way we go about doing things. And so, yeah, it's uh, kind of one of the <clears throat> blessings about being non denominational too. Yeah, is that um, there's there's room. There's not, there's not like hard lines or, um, or these heavy rules that are drawn. Like there's room for us to continue to evolve um, without us um, uh, screwing up, you know, things that we should be agreeing to or complying with because of the denomination. <laughs> we, yeah. we get to kind of move, move right. a little bit and, and, um, and evolve a little bit and still be who we are. Whereas, you know, in those other things, you know, you'd be kicked out in two seconds. So, um, yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of a benefit. Anyway, why don't you pray? Thanks. That was informational. Hopefully it was helpful uh, to you. So, yeah, I'll pray. Uh, God, we're thankful for today and thankful um, just for the ministry uh, that you've entrusted to us here at the door and thankful for our fellowship, thankful for our community. Uh, just pray that you'd help us as we um, move into the future. Um, to continue uh, to have an impact uh, for the gospel here locally. Uh, You would help us to continue uh, to shine the light brightly of Christ, uh, and that you would help our church uh, just to grow both uh, spiritually and just in those who are coming to faith in Christ. Thank you for your past faithfulness. Uh, I pray that you'd help us to trust you uh, as we move forward in all things. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.